Welcome to the Weird Works Podcast. I'm Dr. Christy, your host. Join us for conversations about alternative and sometimes controversial healthcare topics. This podcast will provide the evidence that you need in order to make informed decisions about your health, to empower you with the facts that you need to advocate for your health, and to encourage you that there is hope your body heals. Join us from experts from all things weird, as well as the testimonies of people with stories of radical healing who were once told that perhaps their condition was a death sentence, that they would just need to live with it, or that drugs and invasive surgery were the only answer. Let's get into agreement that if there is something natural and non-invasive that could be helpful, that it could be your first option rather than your last resort. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Weird Works Podcast. I have a great one for you. As you all know, I've made um, reading genetic tests my favorite new pastime. Yes, it's really that nerdy at my household. (laughs) I have Dr. Jay Dunn here with me. She is a fellow chiropractor. Um, and she also has training in natural sciences and functional medicine as well. She's actually the founder and creator of um, Holistic Methylation and My Happy Genes. And we're going to chat today with her. She's going to actually read my um, DNA test live, do a live interpretation for you guys, because I wanted you to understand why we chose this company over some of the more, you know, name popular brands out there. Um, But I thought instead of reading all her accolades, obviously, you know, she's a brainiac and she created a genetic (laughs) analysis company and all these beautiful holistic methylation charts you see in the background there. So without further ado, welcome Dr. Jay Dunn to the podcast. Thank you, Dr. Harville. I really appreciate you inviting me on and being excited about what we're doing with My Happy Genes. Yay. So my happy genes, there's a reason why it's named that, and it ties into Dr. Jay Dunn's um, own testimony. And I think it's so powerful for you guys to hear this because, you know, if you ever are working through a battle and you don't really believe God will use your testimony for good, I think it's awesome for you to hear other people who have done that. And that's exactly what she's done. So do you mind sharing a little bit of your journey with us? No, not at all. Um, I, you know, as you said, I'm a chiropractic physician and you do muscle testing, right? You're uh-huh. just as well. Uh, that's been my love for the last 35 years. Uh, muscle testing is what got me into natural healing. And then I became a chiropractor and kind of segued into functional medicine and um, had a very successful practice with all of those modalities, you know, using mainly kinesiology to find out whether a a person needed chiropractic care or nutrition or um, emotional work or whatever it is, you know, had a lot of tools in my bag and had a very successful practice in Albuquerque, New Mexico for 32 years. Um, But there were certain things that made me realize that we were probably missing a piece of the puzzle. And I knew, I knew it was out there. I knew that uh, something was still still missing for several reasons. One is uh, when I had certain people come in and they didn't respond to anything I did where most people responded really well. And I, you know, I think all practitioners kind of wonder like what is missing. And um, the second thing was when I look at my father, he, he died of lung cancer when he was 55. Uh, but he was a big smoker. It wasn't a real mystery that he died of, of lung cancer. The, the interesting thing that sort of led me into thinking it might be a genetic piece that we were missing was the fact that my mother married my um, his best friend, who became my stepfather. 
and he lived another 30 years or so doing the same thing, smoking, drinking, never exercising, nothing healthy in his life. But another 30 some years he lived doing that. And the only thing that we could say about that was it's probably genetic. You know, we always kind of parked it over there going, oh, oh yeah, that's genetic. There's nothing we can do about it. And then my own story, which was that I had struggled my entire life with depression and chronic fatigue syndrome, and I couldn't seem to fix it. Even with all the things I had studied, all the knowledge I had, I still struggled with my mood on an almost a daily basis. And, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that we do when our mood, let's say our mood is low, we start to think about, well, it's probably because of things that happened in my life. You know, I had a, I had a tough childhood or I had some trauma happen to me or whatever. We, it's like a story we have to make up to explain our mood right. uh, instead of the common belief is that our mood is there because we went through those things. So it's, it has become a paradigm shift for me, but anyway, backing up, still looking for answers uh, for my own depression and chronic fatigue syndrome. And I, I listened to a podcast from a guy named Rich von Koninenberg, who started talking about something called methylation. And you mentioned, you know, being a, being a nerd. <laughs> um, I, I, subsequently started looking into biochemistry because I wanted to know what that methylation word was. And it had a lot to do with uh, biochemistry of the body, but it also had a lot to do with our genetics, you know, how well we make methyl groups. Uh, and I'll explain what that is in a minute. It is very much determined by our genetics and without methyl groups, we can't turn genes on or off. We can't repair DNA. We can't detox correctly. We can't make neurotransmitters correctly. Anyway, I was listening to this podcast and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, this is, this has to be it. This is the missing piece. He was looking at chronic fatigue syndrome or what he calls myalgic encephalitis now. Uh, that's the term for chronic fatigue syndrome. But, um, but he was looking at genetic causes of it. And so I was like, gosh, this has to be the answer. And so, you know, it's one of those things where you get goosebumps when you kind of, you yeah. know, you're on the right track. Right. And uh, I started to take a deep dive into what is methylation, what is what are the genetics, and how do our how does our how do our genes affect our physiology, and specifically immune system or brain chemistry. Got my genes tested through 23andMe, and then I put them through a little template that was online where you could pull out certain genes and look at you know what what genes you had inherited. At the time, it was like 30 of them that you could look at. And one of them was the vitamin D receptor, the VDR. And I was like, okay, what's, what is that? I had what's called a homozygous variant. In other words, you get one gene from mom, one gene from dad. If you have the correct gene code from both parents, you'll have a normal functioning enzyme that's coded by that gene. Uh, if you have one parent that gave you maybe the wrong code or what we call a single nucleotide polymorphism, a slight change in the DNA code, can change the expression of that enzyme. If both parents gave you the wrong code, that's what we call homozygous, and it can reduce the activity of that enzyme by about 70%. So in the case of the vitamin D receptor, uh, my ability to absorb vitamin D was reduced by about 70%. And I'm sure you and your audience know what the effects of that are on the body. Um, has, vitamin D has a lot to do with how well your immune system functions, how well you absorb minerals, and how 
your bone health is, you know, we think of vitamin D as like, oh, it's so great for bone health. Well, it's only one small piece of all the things that it does in the body. And I thought, well, okay, that explains why my vitamin D levels have always been very low. Uh, no matter what I did, no matter how much vitamin D I took, my receptor wasn't working. I couldn't, I couldn't absorb it, but vitamin D can't get in. And so I started to look at, well, what does that mean? What, what's in the literature? What, what's the science behind this particular genetic variant? One of the first studies I found said that you have a much higher risk of lung cancer when you smoke, if you have that genetic variant. And I went, oh, that explains my dad. <laughs> and uh, when I started looking at it in the context of, of biochemistry, sort of plugged it into a biochemical pathway, you know, what we're looking at back here, uh, I realized that it had a lot to do with how our brains make serotonin and dopamine. So when you have a genetic variant in the vitamin D receptor, your brain can't make the neuro neurochemicals or neurohormones that allow happiness. You know, dopamine and serotonin are kind of our main neurotransmitters. Um, again, it has a lot to do with your immune system, how well your T cells function, yada, yada. So uh, I started to look at, okay, sucks to be you or... And we do something about it. You know? Always and, do something about it. <laughs> um, can we modify our risk or can we change the expression of that gene so that it works better? You know, if I'm 70% reduced in my function of the vitamin D absorption, then yeah, I'm going to be depressed. And yeah, I'm going to have susceptibility to chronic fatigue syndrome through, you know, viral infections, et cetera. So I started to look at, well, what are the cofactors of, of vitamin D? And as a muscle tester, maybe you've tried this, um, Doc, you, where you put vitamin D on somebody and they go weak, even though their vitamin D levels are low, do you expect the body to say, yes, give me vitamin D? We'd put vitamin D on people and they'd go weak. And I'd go, well, the receptor isn't working. This makes sense. So we actually, I did a, a lot of research and found that the cofactors for that enzyme are vitamin K2 and A. And once we put those together, then the body said, yes, you can give me D now, I can absorb it. And so that was the beginning for me of like, oh my gosh, can we work with all of these genetic variants that we've inherited and give the body cofactors to make up for these variants that can cause discomfort or disease in the body. And so I know that was a lot to unpack right there. But. No, but it's so good because like, even as a car, I'm sure like in all the different trainings and certifications, like we're all kind of like that. Like we just keep learning more and more because you get that upper echelon of like, you always get more complicated patients. The more people you're able to help and get well, then the more complicated, you know, the referrals come in like, well, if you could help that, can you help this? And like, even with all the things that you've studied, that's kind of where I am right now, prior to bringing this genetic testing in, it's like, we always thought we were root cause, right? Like that's proactive, preventative, get to the root of it, not treat symptoms. Like that's something we all share. But now all of a sudden I'm like, well, we were root cause as far as like, what is the, you know, why and what are the interferences in detoxing metals and chemicals and getting rid of food sensitivities and so on. But like. This is like, you can't get any more root root than your, your DNA. Is that correct? Yeah, thank you. And I, I love it that you understand that because that's a, that's a hard concept for a lot of practitioners to get because we, you know, as functional medicine practitioners, we've been trained to like look for viruses and look for fungus and look for toxic metals. And like you say, 
we thought that was rude. Right. And I did too for many years. And that's how I treated people. But I noticed that they'd come back with the same things, you know, like a year or two down the road. There they are, toxic metals again, or another virus or another infection. Or it was like, gosh, I know that we're missing something because this condition keeps coming back on that person. And, you know, the other thing is two people can live in an, in a, an environment like a, a couple, let's say. One of them is affected by toxins in their environment. And the other one is not. Yeah. And you go, the only thing we can say is like, that has to be a genetic ability to either detox correctly or not. And so, yeah, you're absolutely right that once we get down deeper into the genetics, we're looking at a much deeper, much more fundamental cause of these situations. And, and that was true of me with, with chronic fatigue syndrome. I had Epstein-Barr virus that always showed up on my, on my blood work. And I tried everything, you know, I'm very knowledgeable about herbs and antivirals and I've tried them all and I, it would help symptom wise for a while, but bam, it was right back. And so I'm like, why, why, why is that coming back? And it, it, it all came back to that vitamin D receptor for me too, because if you're, if you can't absorb vitamin D, your immune system, the T cells in your, that are like your natural killer cells or your, your fundamental immune army can't mature. They're little tiny immature cells that can't really fight infection effectively. And when you can absorb vitamin D, when you get that vitamin D receptor going, it matures the T cells into fully functioning, you know, battle ready uh, warriors and bam, infections go. So instead of going after infections, I'm asking why is that infection hanging around? Why isn't your immune system on top of that? And that's a much better question. Well, let's talk about a little bit. So people listening don't really know about genetics and mutations and SNPs, and then also the ability to clean your genes, so to speak. Do you want to just talk about that? Because I think like there's this whole field called epigenetics, and probably a lot of our listeners have heard about that, but it's literally like using diet, nutrition, and lifestyle to turn off and on genetic predisposition, correct? Yeah, it's, it's much more, um, I, I really don't believe in the concept of dirty genes. To me, it doesn't make any, it's, it's not quite correct. Uh, when we look at um, why a gene is sluggish, and that's usually because you've inherited it, but, and you're also missing the cofactors. And so genes are a blueprint, you know, they tell your body how to make a particular enzyme. And enzymes work with what are called cofactors or coenzymes, and those are usually vitamins or minerals. Um, and it changes the shape of those enzymes so that they function differently. So if you, if we go back to the example of the vitamin D receptor, it's sitting here like this, D's trying to get in, it can't. If we give A and K, it changes that enzyme and then it can get in. So it's, it's all about cofactors that make up for these genetic variants that you've inherited. So once we open that receptor through the cofactor or the coenzyme, then, you know, the vitamin D can attach. And then my, my body, my brain works differently and lots of things happen down the line. Can I show, can I show my um, pathway chart? Yeah, she's gonna share her screen. So if you're listening um, on audio, awesome. You'll get a lot of content, but this will also be um, shown on our YouTube channel if you wanna get all the fun pathways and charts, which I recommend you go back and look, and look at. So this is a biochemical path, uh, pathway chart. And um, 
you know, it's it's what we what I teach in my class as far as understanding how genetic variants affect your physiology. And you can see right here this vitamin D receptor. It's you know, not showing yet. Hey. It's not showing. No. Oops, sorry. Oh, there we go. You see it now? Yeah. Ah, okay. So right here in the middle, this vitamin D receptor. Uh, these again, this is these are biochemical pathways that happen in the body at the cellular level, thousands of times a second, probably more than that. Uh, all of this is happening. Like our body is detoxing. It's making energy. It's making neurotransmitters. It's breaking down nutrients into you know into energy that we can use. Breaking down histamine, making hormones. Uh, so this is one little piece of it here, and you can see this vitamin D receptor. Um, when it's activated through the cofactors, it turns on the expression of this enzyme right there. Each of these little purple balloons are areas where you can have a genetic variant, and that's what, you know, in a pathway. So a genetic variant in a pathway, a homozygous variant, will slow down that pathway. And so this particular uh, enzyme is how we, make, how we turn tyrosine into dopamine tryptophan into serotonin. Now these are our happy horm happy neurotransmitters down here, dopamine and serotonin. So if that vitamin D receptor is not working correctly, then you can't make dopamine or serotonin. But if you give the body the cofactors to make up for that, suddenly the brain can start to make these neurotransmitters. And that's what happened to me. And it was like, bam, a lifetime of depression went away very quickly. And I was like, I think this is happy. I've heard about it. I had never really felt it because my brain could not make these neurotransmitters. So the answer isn't dump more vitamin D in the pathway. And the answer isn't take antidepressants. No. This up. Exactly. It's all in understanding why the body's not doing it in the first place. And so it comes down to some basic nutrients, very precision nutrition. And so for me, I need K2 and A. And so for somebody else, it's going to be different. They may have different genetic variants. So like this COMPT enzyme down here, it's how we break down adrenaline and noradrenaline and dopamine. If you have a genetic variant there, then it's going to cause adrenaline to stay in your system and, it, and you'll be in a stress mode all the time. So you're going to be anxious and have difficulty sleeping and you just can't shut it off. You know, the, these people are I, the comp personality basically is very creative, usually very smart, very interesting, a lot of energy, but never can shut it down. They, they don't know how to relax. And so this guy has certain cofactors. So if you have a genetic variant there and that enzyme is working slowly to not break down adrenaline, estrogen, et cetera, uh, then it's going to cause certain imbalances in the body, but also in the brain. It can cause hormone imbalances because estrogen is also broken down by that that particular enzyme. So if we give the body, see, I have it. I don't think anybody who knows me is listening is going to be surprised, but I have right. a gene mutation. <laughs> or Dr. Christie, you're like the classic poster girl for comps. <laughs> Uh, usually because you're born with higher levels of dopamine, um, it makes you higher than normal intelligence too, which is cool, but, and usually very creative, interesting. And again, just kind of can't, can't turn it off, uh, can lead to ADHD and ADD and anxiety and, and difficulty sleeping. So 
you can see that each of these enzymes is going to require a cofactor. So when we build a program for somebody, we take into account which genes you've inherited. And it's never just one gene, it's a combination of genes. And so we look at, okay, since you inherited these genes, uh, here is your very precise recommendation for nutrients. And it isn't like, oh, you can just take a multiple to make it all work because you're gonna send certain enzymes in the wrong direction and others not, not enough. So for, for me, I need K and A, I don't have a comp variant, but I do have the MAO. So I need B6 with it because that's the cofactor here. And, you know, I've got several other genetic variants. And so my supplement recommendations for me are very precise for these genes. And once I get them dialed in, it's nirvana. <laughs> it's really amazing how the body can fight infections that can make neurotransmitters correctly. My energy stays solid and I detox all the time. Not like I have to do a detox program, but um, it stays in a detox kind of pattern so that I, it doesn't build up with me. I don't know if I told you this, but my husband and I both had our genetic test done with your company. And so we are going to make ourselves the guinea pigs. We're literally going to go off our maintenance wellness programs, which are quite extensive. And uh -huh. we're just going to do our genetic protocol based okay. on the interpretation and we'll be reporting how we're doing. Okay. And then after we're going to see what, how the number of products that it takes for us to maintain the house should in effect, right? In theory, and I know it's going to be true, should be much less what it's going to take us to maintain and keep going if we're getting even that five root cause, right? Absolutely. You're not putting out fires. It's, I call it whack-a-mole. Yeah. <laughs> You're going like, creating all these things rather than getting to the core of, of where they're, they're coming from. So let's, let's take a look at your report. Okay. And what's fun about these reports, and I like you had talked to me about this, is that it really helps people understand themselves better. And I love the words that you've used, like, and have more grace for yourself, that it's not just like, oh, okay, like I'm a workaholic. You know, there's pros and cons of being an adrenal fatigue, like, you know, go-getter type A personality, but it can very quickly like turn against you. And so to understand that these are like your genetic characteristics that literally make you different and understanding what your gifts are and then also understanding like in an extremist version how it could kind of take over I think it's really cool and I don't think anybody who's done this testing with us so far has regretted it or thought that the you know the added knowledge that came with it wasn't worth the investment of it right very cool yes and that's uh, genetic compassion is what I call it because it you know for me it really uh relieved a lot of guilt and shame about my depression, you know, cause I didn't talk about it. And I think a lot of people don't talk about it. They don't talk about what's going on with them, especially if there's a mental kind of aspect to it because they're of the shame. And once I got my jeans back, I was like, Oh, look at that. It wasn't me. It wasn't me being shitty attitude girl. Right. <laughs> it's like, right. Uh, there was a true physiological reason for it. And so, um, it's, it is very compassion giving. So, uh, I love that piece of it. It's fun for couples to do it too, because like me and my husband, we have joked for the whole 13 years we've known each other, how we are so polar opposites. But when we're like right down to our genes, like our genes are like, yeah, we joke, but like we really are so different. It's so neat. <laughs> I thought about doing a, a dating uh, site based on genetic. genetic. That would be fun. <laughs> All right, let's take a look at, at your report here. 
Okay. So you don't mind sharing your... <laughs> no, it's good. I'm being brave because I really want people to see how much data you get. Like, it's a lot. And yeah. I also want to point out, too, is that, like, I know that you could get tests done, like, less expensive, but it doesn't come with you and myself and all these reports. And also, this data gets updated regularly. So, like, it's your DNA. You never have to have the test done again because as they continue to add to the library of the, you know, genomic code, you're automatically, your tests are automatically going to get added. So if they ever discover something more, you get those updates, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, we test for 576,000 SNPs. Yeah. We're reporting on 576. And when I look at a lot of our competitors, they're reporting on maybe 30 or 80. Uh, a lot of them are very anemic. And they're saying, you know, when you have this gene, you take this supplement. Instead of looking at the combination of genes that we were just looking at on that biochemical uh, chart, the algorithm that I designed takes into account you have this gene and this gene and this gene and this one, and then calculates, you know, your, your program based on that. And so the other thing that makes us a little different is our privacy policies. When, when you take this kit, you know, this DNA kit, and do the swab, the only thing that goes to the lab is a barcode. They never have any information about you. They don't have a name, an address, nothing. Um, that information comes back and it's connected to your, your um, account at My Happy Genes through your email, whatever you decide to use. So uh, very, very private. That was what made the difference for me. Like I was like, oh yeah, sure. I'm just going to send my DNA material off. No, I will not do that. And I know a lot of my patients were the same. And so that was a huge factor because I've always wanted to have the data, but I was like other companies that just send all your personal information right along with your genes. So yeah, we're, we're very passionate about, about protecting that because you never know. We don't, we don't know what's going to happen down the line or is somebody going to use us to uh, discriminate or uh, who knows, you know. Yeah. Enter favorite conspiracy theory here. <laughs> <laughs> Enter here. <laughs> Your favorite one is give them a Exactly. So as a consumer, you know, we struggled with this. Like, should we make this completely available to consumers or just completely available to practitioners? And we, we decided on half and half. So uh, the mood and personality report comes with the purchase of the DNA kit and it gives you the most information. So we're going to look at that one first, but you can, as a consumer, still get started by uh, looking at your diet and lifestyle recommendations. Like what's your best diet for your genes and et cetera. And then you have to work with a practitioner to get the other three reports. And this one has to do with health conditions. How susceptible are you to autoimmune, cardiovascular, Alzheimer's? You know, uh, We wanted to make sure that you were under the care of a physician to understand what you're looking at so that you don't freak out and think, you know, that's a death sentence. It isn't. It's just a, a warning. Um, and then the genetic pathway analysis, which is a little more, you know, looking at the biochemistry. And then the supplement recommendations. We wanted to make sure that patients were under the care of a licensed healthcare provider when they looked at this, because it may con be contraindicated for you. You might be on medications that, you know, you wouldn't want to take this supplement when you're on this. So we want to make sure that that the your licensed healthcare provider looks at your recommendations and make sure that they're safe for you. So um, we're going to look at the first uh, mood and personality report. Uh, 
making me sign in again. Wait for it. I think and it takes mood and personality report. Also, when I did the live a couple of weeks ago, if you guys were watching that, this is where you're going to see the um, chart with the white, yellow, green, red. So if it was heterozygous or homozygous. So when you scroll past all of this info, you'll see the actual list of the SNPs. But I like these little slider bars because it's really easy, you know, at a glance for you to see, you know, which ones you need to pay higher yeah, and the, the thing to remember here is that this is a combination of a bunch of genes that are going to add up to a, a risk factor. And so again, with a lot of companies, they're saying, oh, you have this one gene, you have a high risk of alcohol addiction. And it's just not correct. We want to look at all the ones. Down here, you can see the list of genes involved. Um, and they do add up to a relative risk. And so it doesn't mean you're doomed to be an alcoholic when you're over here in the, but it, it does make you at higher risk, at least genetically. So, uh, so if, if it's in the green or, you know, to the left of the yellow area, there's a, a lower risk. I don't know. Do you have some alcoholism or nicotine addictions in your family? Yeah, we have both. Yeah. So it's a moderate risk for you. Mm -hmm. uh, fairly low risk of opioid addictions. And this is really good information to have, it's, you know, especially if you go into the hospital or something and they give you a painkiller. For some people, you want to say, do not ever let them give you an opioid because you'd be like instantly susceptible to uh, addiction there. Um, this so is interesting because in the opioid crisis, it was uh, most of the people that had addictions were high functioning, you know, they were corporate, they were business people, they were not street junkies, right? Exactly. Yeah. But they had the genetic uh, tendency for uh, addiction in that category. When I, I was in the hospital at one point and uh, for an appendix kind of situation and they gave me Demerol and I went, wow, I, I like this. Could, could Much. I <laughs> and then I went, I went, whoa, don't, don't give me any more. Cause that, yeah. oh, I could get addicted pretty quickly. That'd be too good. Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. And this one, anger, aggression, and irritability, you're at 50%, which is, you know, there's positive and negatives to every one of these. And the positive is good boundaries and ability to speak up for yourself. And mm -hmm. negative, if it goes too much further to the right, uh, quick temper, anger control issues, constant irritation. Uh, this comes from the MAO genes, which we are called the warrior gene. And it's, uh, you know, it's usually inherited because your ancestors were warriors and they won the battles and they passed on their so I don't know do you know your ancestry at all no I don't it'd be interesting to look because yeah probably a high a high incidence in your in your um, ancestral history of warriors and and winners of battles so for me, my my brother's a genealogist and he looked in our ancestry and mine is a little bit higher than yours and uh, William the Conqueror was our is our sixty fifth. Oh, so <laughs> it was like okay. I have to have that part done. <laughs> Gonna have to look at that. Are you tired of going from diet to diet to come up short and feel worse than you did when you started? 
Or are you just lost with all the mixed messaging out there today and not sure what's best for you and your lifestyle? Maybe you were told that you had to live with your symptoms and accept feeling less than your typical vibrant self. Well, I'm here to tell you the truth. As a practicing doctor of chiropractic, kinesiology, and clinical nutrition, I see people all the time that are just like you, frustrated and starting to lose hope. But I do want you to know that you do not have to give up on the you that you know you could be. There is a way to truly achieve optimal health and also to live your life. I want to share with you how by doing some small doable adjustments and taking on a new approach to enjoyable and non-restrictive eating, we can help you start feeling better and begin to see changes in your waistline and start releasing weight in as little as 14 days. Uh, anxiety and stress, not, not, not as high as I thought it would, would be here, but and uh, attention and focus. Yeah, somewhat moderate. Do you struggle a little bit with um, ADD-ish kind of stuff? Just, um, I have to be super careful about stress and boundaries with stress. You know, like we talk about adrenal fatigue, probably 90% of our practice at some point, we've had to balance with adrenal and I'm like, I'm adrenal for life. Like that's <laughs> partly my personality type too. Um, but if I get really stressed, then I can't focus. And I really am like sound sensitive. And if there's like distraction, distractions going on in the office, like I, have to be in a treatment room with the door closed, like really like focused in on the patient. There can't be a lot else going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So this is showing a little bit of that. This is like, um, more like schizophrenia risk. So you're pretty low in that category. <laughs> so that's good. And depression. And this is where mine was up way up here in the 67 zone. Uh, so that, to me, it was like, oh my gosh, no wonder, you know, wonder I struggled with it. Yours is kind of moderate there, so that's pretty good. Low risk of seasonal affective disorder. That's good. Moving to Florida help with that too. Yeah. <laughs> From New York. <laughs> this one is um, has to do with uh, autism or autism uh, spectrum disorder. So pretty low risk there. That's good. Uh, this is more of like, are you an extrovert or an introvert? And you're, you're kind of middle of the road, uh, moderate here. Do you find that you have to really, uh, kind of decompress at the end of the day and be, have a little bit of alone time to kind of just. Yeah. Like I'm an extrovert by day and an introvert by night. <laughs> yeah. You have, this is kind of a measure of how much oxytocin you, you make and you're an empath. You're, you're definitely in the empath category here. And uh, usually you'll take on other people's energy. So this yeah. is why when I see people down in here in the in the green, I'll say, yeah, you need to kind of make sure that you clean your energy fields and and take care of yourself because you're gonna you're gonna hold on to other people's energies. And you probably uh, think about patients at the end of the day, like all. Oh, yeah. all <laughs> Like just as you're doing this, I'm like, okay, I got I'm really making a list of patients. If you get a call from me after this, <laughs> it's because I'm thinking about you right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, entrepreneurial tendencies. I would expect expected this to be higher. I don't I don't know who's doing all of your like uh running the business and your website and your podcast, but to me, you look like a pretty uh robust entrepreneur. I do. I love it. But my, my left brain analytical, like to-do list, checklist, check, you know, that will take over. So I have to like get in the spirit. 
to create. Like it takes me some perfect ambiance and everything to get in the mood to create. Does somebody else, is somebody else doing a, a large amount of your business? Oh yeah, we have a lot of help. Oh yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, hormone related mood swings. So this oh, looks like uh, <laughs> in your, during your periods, do you get a little bit of. Yeah. And it's super interesting because my story of how I got into chiropractic and, and nutrition and all these fields with my own testimony, you know, I struggled in middle school and high school with endometriosis. Yeah. So uh, that's why I didn't become a medical doctor because they were doing surgeries and injecting me with hormones. And I went through menopause during college because they thought that was the solution for it so you know like if I had this data way back then god knows how much easier life could have been or we could have gotten more root cause about it but yeah hormones is definitely an area that I struggle in that's my health history yeah well you've got uh when we look at your chart we'll see these but um these are estrogen receptors and so when you have genetic variants there it can cause you know this uh, too high of estrogen too low and endometriosis is highly associated with excess estrogen levels. And this is good for women to know, like if there's health history of breast cancer in the family or other female estrogen positive cancers for you to know, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how to, how to work with it and how to get it uh, balanced in your body, which is a really critical thing. Uh, learning difficulties looks pretty low, uh, low risk of dyslexias, which is good. Mood swings, moderate. That's kind of like a bipolar risk, but moderate to low risk there. Novelty seeking impulsivity. Mine's like way up here. Really? That's cool. No, really? I'm like, I have enough stress. Like in my downtime, I don't need more fresh stuff. I need like spa time. <laughs> I'm always moving. That's why I was like, I'm you just move. Yeah, I just move. Again, <laughs> we're like the fourth time this year. So. Oh my gosh. I know I'm a crazy person, but uh, that was that novelty seeking gene. Um, perfectionist tendencies, you're, you're moderate. So you probably really, uh, you know, like to do things in a very good job on whenever you do something. Good concentrations to get things done, tendency to be neat and organized. If it's way too high, we're going to be looking at, you know, fear of germs and contamination, constant hand washing, all of those things. But looks like you're right in the middle, which is good. Do you, do you find that you do kind of like, like to get things pretty correct? I <laughs> do. It bothers me. And I've had to learn as I've gotten more successful and busier, how to delegate and trust other people to do stuff and let things go and be open to the fact that like, there's probably two ways to go about something. And even though somebody might not do it my way, that would be the perfect way. But as long as the end result is good, that I can just kind of get out of the way. But good. it's hard. And the more stressed I am, the harder some of these that are in the, you know, yellow to orangey red. Um, it, I can definitely see that when I get overwhelmed, everything, all the bad qualities go haywire, right? Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's very much true. Uh, PTSD risk is moderate. Uh, that's pretty good. You know, this would be a good thing to do with uh, soldiers, you know, or, or, or servicemen or women look at, you know, if they have a high risk of PTSD, we don't want to put them on the front line, you know, right. high stress job, sleep disorders, not bad. Yeah, this is going to be very interesting for people, the sleep quality, the sleep traits. Yeah. 
So um, like you were saying, this, this is where we get the green, red, yellow, and uh, green means you got the right code for that particular uh, enzyme. This is, these are all enzymes and our genes code for those enzymes. So if you got the right genetic code for that enzyme, then it's gonna come up green. If one of your parents gave you one, of, one wrong code or a slight variation, it's gonna come up yellow. And that's what we call heterozygous. It's gonna reduce the function of that enzyme by about 30%. And if it comes up red, that means that enzyme is reduced by about 70%. So that's, those are the ones that we're gonna pay the most attention to. Um, and so let's, let's open up one of these, like the ACE. If you click on that, it'll tell you an imbalance in this enzyme may affect blood pressure, either increase or decrease in kidney function imbalances. Genetic variants also related to anxiety in late life, major depression and dementia, as well as Alzheimer's. So, you know, one thing that I want to caution people about is like, this does not mean you're going to get Alzheimer's. This is one gene that is associated with an increased risk, but there are a lot of other genes that might be counteracting your risk of Alzheimer's. And so we look at it, we tally up those, and you know, those enzymes to give you kind of a relative risk. So it's important not to freak out when you see this kind of thing. It's like, okay, one slight little variant that could be associated. It's not a, not a lot of meaning there. But these guys are, if you look at, um, you know, if you click on, let's click on fatigue, it'll take you right to where I found that study. So this is all backed by really good studies, uh, PubMed or National Institute of Health. Everything in here is verified. That, that it's truly associated with that particular genetic variant. So lots of research to do um, to take a look at these. So let's look at the categories. This is your SNP. This is a possible variation in the DNA that relates to changes in the body. This RSID was the ID number that was assigned in the genome project to identify that particular gene. And this goes right to a website called SNPpedia where they gather all the, all the studies that have been done on that gene. So if you click on that, It'll show you, you know, delayed sleep phase condition. And these are all PubMed studies that you can go to. So ton, like I say, a ton of, of research went into this. Yeah, if you're a research nerd, you are going to love all the clickables right. and everything. <laughs> it's like you can print out a lot of your reports, but it's so like, it's not even fun to print it because you can't, you know, you, you there's so much more behind the paper that you could click on. <laughs> Totally. There's a lot of links here, a lot of different, a lot of different links. Now, what I thought was fun, will you show them, like, click the result just so that you can see how many reds, greens, and yellows I have. And then it'd be fun to just say, like, what is the average number of SNPs that people have? So when they get this, they're not freaked out. Because I thought, that's what I thought when I first got it. I was like, whoa, like, I have a lot of red. <laughs> everybody does. Yeah, it's, uh, everybody's got a lot of variants. And, and they're not, like, mutations or they're not mistakes. They're variations that have let your ancestors survive. So like, you know, if you're able to hold on to calories, let's say during times of starvation, then that gene is gonna be passed on uh, to your ancestors and sometimes can cause weight issues. So it's each of these genes allowed your ancestors to survive during times of uh, adverse conditions. And so they're, they're advantageous on some level, but they also can have some uh, adverse effects or disease causing potential. So that's what we want to look at. 
I so like how you describe that instead of just like dirty and clean, like because like even dirty jeans makes people feel like they did something wrong or it's yeah. a disease or you know. Yeah, yeah. Don't I'm not responding to that concept. It doesn't it doesn't vibe with me. So these are, you know, when we click on the result tab over here, it pulls up all the, you can pull up all the red to the top and see how many uh, of the homozygous variants that you have. And kind this of is cool for people to see mine because we would think I'm otherwise healthy, high functioning, you know, I put a lot of effort into health and well-being, like that's a very high priority. And I still have these, like that's, this was my body's instruction code, that's how I was built. Right. And this is never going to change. So this is, you know, that's the thing that people need to know is they'll never have to do this again because your genes are your genes. It's what you inherited. So your expression can change. And so that's the thing that is most critical. So if you see, you know, you get down to here, there's no VDR for you. If we look at the bottom, let's take a look all the way at the bottom. Look at all your VDRs. You got a lot of green. So that's, that's fantastic. So your VDR is working well. <clears throat> but and it's so cool. I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you, but I just think this is all so cool. Like my brain is like, yeah, you asked about the like mind chatter stuff. But thank God there's not just one gene that causes one disease, right? Like the body's so intelligent and there's always so much crossover. Cause like if only if you know if that was your highest likelihood of being healthy was you either have it or you don't have it. So when you explain like there's so many genes that go into like mental health and so many genes that go to, into immune health like thank god that we were built that way like so intelligently like it's not just like ugh, yay or nay <laughs> right absolutely because there's a lot of crossover and a lot of balance you know a lot of compensation by another gene for this gene and you know it's it's fascinating yeah um so you can you can jump in here here's your warrior gene uh so this is the enzyme that breaks down dopamine norepinephrine and serotonin uh, blah, 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 blah. lots of lots of fun things can happen because of that but this is really interesting down below everybody thinks turmeric is a superfood and you know anti-inflammatory and they even sell it in costco and give out samples on sundays and all but for certain people it is not good for you and i happen to be one of those people yeah me too uh turmeric is not a not a good idea yeah you're absolutely right and there, that's the thing is that, you know, there is no one size fits all for, for everyone. Mm -hmm. This one also, uh, foods that are high in tyramine should be avoided like wine, chocolate, and some cheeses. Uh, so, and that's where muscle testing too, can kind of really refine this for you and take a look. Here's one for carbohydrate intolerance. This can cause blood sugar issues and insulin resistance. So, um, lots of information here that you can go through and just start to you know, look and get to know yourself and why you are the way you are. Like for a sixth time, like every time I think, like learn more, I'm like, I gotta go back and read if I have that. Like I almost need to have mine like next to me every time I like study or interpret somebody else's because I'm constantly like, did I have? I know. <laughs> yes. That's so funny. I do the same thing. I'm like, I don't remember. I don't want to go back and look. There's so much data. Like you can't even memorize it. Yeah. And the cool thing is I can add more to it at any time. So if you if you decide you want to see a particular gene uh, mm -hmm. in there that we're not testing, let me know and I can I can add it in very quickly or a or a risk slider that you think might be interesting. It's it's very uh, agile program. So that's that's the cool thing. I think too that I can think of right now would be cancer. I don't know if you're allowed to do that. It's in there. 
It's in the, it's in the uh, health risk one. Yeah. That's a big one. That's why I think people would want to do this is like certain family histories, but then, okay. And um, the, the need for collagen. Mm, yeah, that's in there too. Yeah, there's some connective tissue stuff. Um, so this is a personalized diet and lifestyle recommendations. So the alcohol, how well do you get it out of your body or not? It looks like you tolerate it pretty well. Caffeine, uh, you can have, you can probably tolerate a little bit. But that still goes with the, um, like the adrenals, right? Like some, you know, all the data is published. Like if you have adrenal fatigue, like don't have caffeine. Well, I can actually do it in other forms. Like if it's chocolate or tea, but I could not have caffeinated coffee. Like it will give me so much anxiety. Ah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's showing up in the, yeah, and fermented foods, you know, everybody says, oh, fermented foods are great for everybody. Exactly. Not your friend. Uh, mm -hmm. You're heading toward the, toward the orange zone there. So. So uh, I do want to ask a question that's been asked of me and people will continue to ask it. So on this, does this mean don't eat it at all? Does it mean to eat it in moderation? Does it mean like if I'm tolerating a little bit already, continue to eat what I am, just don't increase it? What does this mean? Well, that's a good question. If I see it over here and past the 50, especially, I would say stay very low on it. You know, you can cut, tolerate a little bit of yogurt now and again, but pay attention to how you feel when you eat it, because it may be causing symptom that you weren't even aware of, you know, being associated with eating this stuff. Right. Um, you know, I get a lot of people that are like, no, I'm, I'm fine. I eat, I eat sauerkraut and pickles all the time. And I'm like, well, how's your digestion? Oh, I have to take Tums a lot. Yeah, yeah. Right. I don't. Problem here, disconnect. <laughs> so, yeah. and this is where muscle testing too can say, you know, you can say, okay, you can have, you know, a couple yogurts a week, and that's fine. If it's all the way over in the red, I would say, don't it. yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Food allergy susceptibility. This has to do with the HLA variants, and and this is some tricky area. Uh, it has to do with like an overactive immune response to certain foods. So it's like a delayed reaction kind of thing. So you have a little bit of risk for that. And, you know, we, uh, with the test kits that we have, you can test your patients with the HLA vial and see if it, it causes a certain food to go weak. And then, you know, they're having like a, a, a more heavy duty reaction to foods. Um, gluten, not your friend. <laughs> I'd stay low I on that one. <laughs> histamine foods same thing oh let me back up a little bit so you can click here there are a lot of links to you know what what are histamine food what is fermented foods mm -hmm. uh, there's there are lists of of different foods so there's lots of links in here for you to click on to learn yeah, so more. don't just print your report and never log into your portal and click through some of this stuff because you're getting probably like i don't even know a quarter yeah. of the data or less Right, exactly. So there's a link there about gluten foods, histamine foods. There's click. Oh, histamine is so good that this is on here because everybody's like, oh, do I, is our, maybe I should go on the AI, the autoimmune diet. I'm going to go on the histamine diet. You know, every, it's just trial and error, guesswork. There's a gazillion different published diets out there, but this shows you where to put your effort. So it's just so life giving. Like instead of like spending a lifetime going on every single diet that somebody publishes and reading every single book on what is healthy nutrition, like you can just know. Yes, exactly. Exactly. 
So intermittent fasting is really good for you. It's in the green there. It's like, yeah, thumbs up. For some people, it's way out here. It's like, eh, they can't go as long and you know keep their calorie or keep their energy levels uh, maintained. So like you say, it's it's not a one size fits all. Lactose 50-50, I would, I would uh, pay attention to that and see how you feel uh, when you eat. It makes me flummy. Flummy, yeah. yeah. MSG, not causing a problem. Nightshade foods. Turns out there's only one gene so far that I have found associated with nightshade. <laughs> so it's either going to be zero or 100. <laughs> right. Oh, got it. I see. This is so funny, the salt thing, because I put salt on, I salt everything. Um, and yeah. I drink electrolytes and everything. So I guess I would just stop doing that or start taking my blood pressure, right? Yeah, and just and test it too, because I think different kinds of salt are going to have different effects on the body. And there's a good article on the different types of salt and their benefits. The ones yeah, with the minerals are going to be like Himalayan sea salt. And, you know, we don't do table salt or iodine. Um, and right. then the elements tea, it's just like multivariant of um, electrolytes. But my blood pressure is good, but I should keep a watch on it because, and we talk about this, like, with age that you have to, like, the need to become more diligent or, like, how, like, maybe when you're younger and why, like, you can compensate and kind of get by with the, with these mutations, but as we age, like, is it, don't you have to be more diligent about these things? Yeah, and and the reason is because of mitochondrial damage that we uh, that builds up through our lifetime, it will cause certain genetic variants to start to express. That's mm -hmm. why you know, like when we look at breast cancer and we go, oh, the BRCA gene. Well, the BRCA gene didn't just appear; it's right. been there. It's right. been there since you were born. <laughs> you know, you didn't just inherit a gene. It started to express when your mitochondrial function uh, began to take a, a, a die, a nosedive. Um, do you want to go there for a second? Sure, you can toggle back and forth. Okay, so when, this is why you know what we recommend people. Th so this is um, sort of a deep dive into the mitochondria, which is like the energy production organelle mm -hmm. inside our cells. It's how we make food into energy. Um, the things that can damage that mitochondria are insecticides and antibiotics, mercury, a bunch of different medications. All of these medications can damage uh, the mitochondria over time. Um, fluoride and chlorine, electromagnetic fields, radiation, heavy metals, and antibiotics. All of these damage mitochondria. And these are things that our bodies were never exposed to, you know, 100 years ago. So this is all brand new stuff that like really gets down and damages the mitochondria. And once that is damaged, our body starts to make a high amount of reactive oxygen species, these superoxide and proxy nitrites. And those are highly damaging to DNA and carcinogenic. They're going to, they're going to lead to inflammation and cancer and heart disease, et cetera. When, when this whole mechanism is damaged and you can see all those environmental things. And this is why what we do is so important, Dr. Christie, because you, you talk to people about electromagnetic fields, about insecticides, about eating organic, watching those antibiotics, fluoride, chlorine. This is why what we do is so important when we talk to patients about our lifestyles and getting mercury out of our mouths. Um, so those things can definitely prolong and help the mitochondria stay healthy over time. And that keeps your genes from expressing themselves. 
Does that make sense? It does. And I love that because you guys just got to see it if you're watching the video version of this. Because before, if it was just the mythical mitochondria that all these influencers talk about, and people are like, oh, okay, like I've got to take care of my mitochondria. But like, I want, it was good for them to see, like, there's a biochemical pathway, like, it's a real thing. And it's all these, like, it's so complicated and, you know, interrelated. So I love that you showed that. Yeah. And the, the thing about mitochondria is they're, they're not protected by methylation. There's nothing that can turn off, you know, and protect them from the environment. They're incredibly vulnerable. And so it's, it's no wonder that, you know, it's well, every patient I see has mitochondrial damage and it's because of these things. We can't avoid electromagnetic fields or chemicals or pesticides or you just can't avoid it. So making sure that their mitochondrial health is good is the first step when we look at, you know, the program for balancing out your genes. So serotonin and tryptophan, you know, moderate kind of thing here with me, I'm like way up here. Uh, can't do chocolate, wine, hard cheeses, turkey, and spinach because they throw off my tryptophan levels, uh, which I can't break down and then it can cause all kinds of symptoms. So, um, but yours is moderate. So I would just watch it, you know, during Thanksgiving, just do one slice of turkey. <laughs> That's the only time I ever eat it, really. I don't have it all here until Thanksgiving. <laughs> Maybe intuitively my body needs that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, this doesn't feel good. <laughs> so it seems okay for you. Sulfur foods are good, onions and garlic. And for some people, though, it's a bad, a bad situation. Yeah, it's so just getting to know all this stuff. I love it. Yeah, tyramine, a little iffy, too. Uh, so we look at then your carbohydrates, fats, and proteins. What's your best ratio? So for you, uh, uh, carb complex carbohydrates, uh, 26. Fats are not your bestie. Uh, protein is good. So like uh, higher in protein and complex carbs is best diet for you. And you can, if you want a, a list of simple versus complex carbs, they're right there. So this will show you, you know, what's the difference? Because a lot of people don't understand the difference between complex and um, well and what's funny about this is like I tried to do a ketogenic diet mm -hmm. and I I and I got all nerdy like I did the intermittent fasting I was doing fasted workouts I fasted until about you know like one in the one in the afternoon would be my first meal of the day and I was doing a ketone monitoring do you know that darn machine that never registered ketones and I did it strict, like I did it scientifically. And I was like, well, no wonder, like my body can't utilize effectively fats as its main source of energy. And also what's also super interesting about that is that I am a carnivore. Like if I don't have meat with my lunch, like I just have like lentil soup or something. And even if I have like healthy fats in there with it, I'm ravenous by the time I get home for dinner. Like I have to have animal protein at least twice a day. And so it, now I understand why. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very cool. Okay, so that was diet and lifestyle. So let's uh, do a quick, are we doing okay on time? I'm okay. If you're good, we can roll. Okay, yeah. We can take a quick look at the other three reports. This one is more on health issues. So we're looking at, you know, again, cardiovascular disease, even COVID risk is in here as well. Um, which would be so cool for people to see because obviously we know it affected people so differently. Like at first they were like, oh, COVID, you know, it's a respiratory thing, it's a loss of smell, and those are the identifying factors. And then people were like, 
well, I didn't have that. I had more body pain or I had more of the digestive flu type symptoms. And so today it's still the same way. Like people are completely different. It affects them so differently. Yeah, so true. So true. So in, in each of these, you can read more. You can look at all the genes that are associated with, you know, autoimmune and some gives you some information about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but bone density imbalances is pretty high for you. I would, I would pay attention to these particular genes on your report. I noticed you did have the cat gene. You didn't have the VDRs, but you did have cat. I didn't notice the GC, but you can go back and take a look at what those are. Okay. Um, cardiovascular is 36, cognitive decline, same thing. Um, in their ACE, the ACE genes are there. I noticed you had a BDNF. And that, that one is, um, there's lots of lifestyle factors that you can do to balance out the BDNF. There's the APOE, I, can't, I don't think you have the APOE4. But the BDNF responds to exercise. It's one of the best things you can do to balance out that particular genetic variant. Americans spend $33 billion every single year on diets and weight loss products, and yet diets have a 95% failure rate. These statistics and my 18 plus years experience as a practicing doctor show me the real dangers of a cookie cutter approach to health and that truthfully, diets don't work. This is why I created the 9010 Lifestyle. For the people like you and me, busy and not willing to settle for less when it comes to our health and wellness. This program isn't just about feeling fantastic and or losing weight for good, it's a roadmap to upgrading your body and mind from the inside out, while simultaneously suppressing the inflammation and suppressing the guilt that often comes with a high stress, high expectations, and high performance. The number one reason the 9010 lifestyle is so effective and easy to maintain is that it gives you back your willpower instead of forcing it. Which will help my bone density also. Absolutely. Yeah. So this, again, I, you know, I don't want people to freak out, ah, you know, but it's a heads up. It's like, you want to know what your risks are so that you can be a little more attentive to those areas that are proactive. And- right. And I think it just really helps people prioritize their efforts, right? Because there's so much data all over the place. This is going to kill you, and this is dangerous. Don't do that. And then I think that people start to get a little, like, squashed with all the negativity. And then they throw their hands up thinking, like, well, we're all going to die of something. So, like, it's outside of my control, you know, or it's too difficult. Where here, like, you get a, maybe, like, a few, maybe a handful of things really like high focus prioritize as far as diet lifestyle going forward right yes absolutely i agree because it is it is overwhelming if you start to try to here's some good uh here's some good news and this is something to pay attention to on the reports for your patients uh, okay. the, the detox phase one and phase two if phase two is out of sync with phase one mm-hmm. uh, it can really cause a problem and a backup of toxic intermediates but yours is good. You're you're pretty you're pretty close together, and it's not often that I see detox phase one and phase two be like pretty close together, which is good news. Hey, uh, digestive, endocrine, female hormone, free radical. This is your free radical pathologies, your cancers. So we look at these all these genes <clears throat> there. Uh, hearing loss is good. Immune, skin, joints, and arthritis. Your male hormones are going to be 
<laughs> yeah, what does that mean for when women have male hormones out of nowhere? Is that normal? We do, you know, we it can cause some, you know, male pattern baldness for in women. Oh, no, low testosterone. Know. Yeah. So there, there's still something to pay attention to, even though okay. you're yeah, I mean women, we know women need testosterone a certain amount, right? Yeah, for sure. So mast cell, this one is huge. There's just so much information about mast cell activation syndrome. Uh, it's just fascinating. And this is your this is your complicated patient. Uh, you're, you're fairly low risk there, but you're going to see, you know, some patients up in here and they're the ones that are the trickiest because they have these weird reactions to foods and it just hits them kind of systemically to where they just have all kinds of weird symptoms that you can't figure out. Um, we have a moderate migraine risk. Did you, are you, do you have migraines or have no, you had? Thank God, because I do not, I have very rarely get a headache. Oh, that's good. Okay. I'll learn how to keep it that way. Yeah, it's just moderate. Seasonal allergies is coming up, but hi, do you have a little bit of struggle with that? Uh, not, my husband has really bad allergies. Um, I have them occasional, but I don't, I've never really had to take anything from, but what I'm doing holistically, I feel like is really helping. As a kid, I had terrible allergies, like, yeah. but I probably didn't eat as diligently as I do now and wasn't on a supplement or nutrition program. So. Yeah, it's funny how you do learn how to compensate for these things, even just intuitively, right? Like without knowing this, like I have cleared up a lot of these with what I've done, which is fun. Yeah, exactly. But if you weren't, if you weren't doing all the things you're doing, then this would be like a, I'd be a wreck. <laughs> yeah. So it looks pretty good. Weight is pretty low. And again, it's going to have the same reports here, but it'll also add in laboratory analysis. So we're looking at, you know, if you think that there's a particular genetic variant on a patient that is like the big troublemaker, there's mm -hmm. ways to do some blood work on that. And there is, I'll tell our patients, um, you know, we do blood, blood, we do blood panels as well. And um, LabCorp that we work with has a My Happy Genes lab panel that coincides with the genetic testing. So we can get even further clarification on what is expressing currently, right? Yeah, fantastic. I love it that you are aware of that. And then the genetic pathway analysis, we're looking at those kind of those pathways that we, you know, we showed um, a minute ago. And so these are, these are some of the major biochemical pathways in the body that can affect your physiology, you know, your detoxification, brain chemistry, methylation, um, energy production, or, you know, the electron transport chain and mitochondrial function over here histamine breakdown up here, nitric oxide and inflammation here. So we look at which, which ones are your most critical areas to pay attention to. Uh, so it's sort of like crossing the information in another direction to see where your biggest challenge is. Um, and for you, it's histamine and allergy pathways. Yeah. Methylation is uh, pretty high too. So, uh, you know, we, we would pay attention. I noticed you had some PEMPs, the mm -hmm. SLC19A1, and you had some uh, MTRs and MTHFRs. Well, here. let's talk about how it's so much more complicated than just getting your MTHFR gene Yeah, <laughs> I mean, when you look at this pathway, <laughs> it's like, 
uh, okay, there's the MTHFR right there, but it's one of many genes that it can affect a methylation. You see these two big circles in the middle. Mm -hmm. these, are the, these are the methylation pathways. So you can have a genetic variant over here or here or here or here or here that's going to affect methylation, not just the mother flipper. Right, no, that's what I call it. <laughs> so many more. And if you if you just give methylfolate to somebody thinking that you're balancing that MTHFR and everything's going to be wonderful, it's bad news. You know, you can really make people sick that way. So uh, not a big fan. In fact, we did it in the clinic. That was part of our research in trying to figure these all out. We all started giving methylfolate to people and at first, they were like, I feel amazing. And then like a week into it, they were like, oh, my head hurts so bad. And I just feel sick. And I just uh, hurt all over. I was like, oh, wow, what's happening? And it, it turns on the detoxification pathways in the body. and just dumps everything all at once. And it's, uh, it's very dangerous and painful. <laughs> so. Yeah, so if they have that, plus some of those liver detox pathways are not great. It's like the deathly combo, right? Yeah. So our software takes all of that information and then we give the patient a questionnaire. So you fill out the questionnaire because we want to see what you're experiencing, not just what you've inherited, but what is actually being expressed of your genes. Because like you, you could already be doing lifestyle supplementation, things that compensate. So we wouldn't want to you know, balance something that's not expressing itself. So um, we the the algorithm takes into account your symptoms, your biochemical pathways, and the genes you inherited, and uh, calculates what your best supplements are. So you get a score in each category. So this is detoxification. Your score was twenty five, hormone it was twenty eight, brain chemistry twenty four, methylation twenty three, histamine was ten, immune system fourteen, eighteen. And 14. And so this is a feedback about how well your current program is doing in these categories. And so our goal is zero. We want a score of zero, zero symptoms. And so you can monitor this like after a month on the program, you can go back and take the quiz again and see if your scores are going down. So here are the supplements that were recommended for you. Um, it seems like a lot. I feel like some patients like answered it. I'm their doctor, and I know they're subjective. So I think like people really didn't answer it accurately. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it, it may seem like a lot, but this is, we're designing your multiple specifically uh -huh. for you, but I would also muscle test it, especially, you know, if you're oh, a muscle yeah. tester, you would check this it. list and make sure that they're all in there. You could have like the B complex has, yeah, uh, has some riboflavin in it. So yeah. you may not need the, the extra riboflavin with right. your program. Yeah. There's a lot of calcium Uh-huh. B6, you know, uh, Adenosyl cobalamin, it's possible. The adenosyl cobalamin is more for um, down in the mitochondrial area. It's a, it's a different B, so it's adenosyl down here versus methyl or um, hydroxycobalamin, which is in the methylation pathway. So uh, it's possible you might need a specific uh, the specific adenosyl cobalamin on top of the B12. Yeah, like we actually, because of these findings, and it's just more specific findings for the patients, we've actually gone and dug through our entire um, supplement library of what where to get some of these things. And we've had to bring in additional lines, and we've had to um, 
doc, you know, sometimes the component company is, for example, systemic formulas actually has a little sub um, category of things specifically for genetic pathways, which I thought was so cool and they were not in our normal utilization. So we've even further expanded our knowledge of what products to use with patients as a result of having to get more specific. Very cool. That's so great. And these are all physician lines. And as mm -hmm. you know, I'm sure you educate your patients that don't go yeah. out to CBS and get these because you, it's a, it's definitely a crapshoot out there. You're going to get heavy metals and pesticides and chemicals in your supplements and they meet label claim. There's nobody monitoring how much they have of what in them. So, well, and there's a lot of natural companies that are selling out now too. So even if it was a trusted label or brand name, you really have to stay on top of it because unfortunately in today's day and age and, you know, profitability and supply chain and having to make critical decisions, you know, companies are selling out. And so, you know, when they sell it to Nestle or one of these major conglomerates, you can suspect that the quality, it will not be with will not be upheld and they will be using synthetic ingredients and sourcing them from the least expensive place. So you have to be careful. Yeah, it's true, true. And that's again, why I like muscle testing with this, you know, mm -hmm. it will tell yeah. you which ones. People are bring their synthetic over the counter stuff and all the time, like, well, can I use this? Can I use that? I'm like, if it tests well, I'm cool with it. If, you know, that's my overall, like, I could read the label and make some guesses about it, you know, but I'm like, Sometimes I'm surprised, like my body says yes, then okay. I know, yeah, it's it's amazing. <laughs> and the other thing to remember is this is is this is your genetically designed multiple. Uh, so and they're designed to work with each other. So if you run out of one, you really need to get it replaced so that you have them all together because it's designed to to work together synergistically. So. Anyway, that's I'm my so story. Excited. I can't wait to get on my new protocol and see how I do. Yeah, I'm anxious to hear how you do as well. And I will. I'll have to follow up with you. And I'll be posting about it because I want to share that journey with people. Because, you know, like you and I, we started the conversation saying, like, of course, as chiropractors and the body heals itself and root cause, like, and that's been our intentions. And so, you know, every time in life, I think that's how you and I probably both function. Like, every time you learn about a new field or you gain new information, like, suddenly, like, you're responsible for that. Like, you can't just withhold it and not help somebody with it. And that's why we keep learning and growing. <laughs> No, it's, that's very true. And I, I love that about our profession is we're always trying to figure out better ways to help people and really get to the core issues that are causing their imbalances. It's just, a, it's an incredible field of people. They're very heartfelt and compassionate. So yeah, yeah. it's fun when we go to our, you know, seminars and conferences and get in a room of other like-minded people. It's so fun and uplifting. Like we have to make sure we seek each other out and work with each other and, you know, it's, it's a daunting task, like keeping people healthy in today's day and age is difficult and ever-changing, you know that, and what we're seeing is like medical mystery, that's the cases that I think we have become a name for, like coming that have been everywhere and tried a lot of things and invested a lot of time, money, and effort and got no results, no answers, and it's really sad, you know, and with all this awesome technology and understanding, um, usually can help, which is so neat, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's the thing is we we are seeing more and more complicated cases, you know, multifactorial. And, you know, again, a lot of it comes back to the mitochondrial damage. 
and all the things we're subjected to on a regular basis that we never have been in our past, but it's causing weird autoimmune responses or weird allergic reaction responses, so many different factors and weird symptoms, and it's getting more and more complicated. So. Well, even in the 20 years that I've been in practice, like what worked 20 years ago to keep bodies healthy doesn't work anymore. Like not that it doesn't work, but there's just a higher percentage of people that like it takes a lot more and take and we've had to expand our product lines. We've had to expand our muscle testing techniques. We've had to expand like I used to say I don't need any labs or tests. Like I used to be able to find most things just with the muscle testing. And now we've had to add some of that, you know, added knowledge in as well. So, you know, and that's only in the last 20 years. And it's so funny because like 20 years ago when I was brand new, like older dogs on the scene would say the same thing. Like, oh, what I've seen in my lifetime, you know, and I don't even like close to being done. <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing how it shifts for sure. That's it. But it's a fun, it's fun and interesting and very yeah. rewarding. Yeah. So fun that you could read genetic test poolside on a weekend. <laughs> like me. I know. I'm, I'm we're both a couple of nerds when it comes to you know biochemistry and trying to understand what's really going on in the body. And yeah, I love this stuff. It's pretty cool. Right. I, I, it's funny because I I failed uh, chemistry twice before I <laughs> before I went to chiropractic school. And now I, I love it. You know, biochemistry is my well, is my so much more applicable, right? Like I I said that to you when I when we were chatting and I was learning the methylation chart that you had pulled up, and I was like, okay, if they explained it like this in school, like it would have been so much more applicable. Like I could have actually like learned it instead of just memorizing acronyms and letters and numbers for the sake of passing my board exam, you know. So true, so true. It was like excruciating to try to get through that class and just get past it, you know. And, and now well, it's just you, guys so listening. you have us nerds, you don't have to become a biochemist, right? You could just attach yourself to a nerdy physician and get somebody to help you. Right. And that's why I created my happy genes, is because you know, not all of us have the bandwidth and time and, and energy to kind of like study all of this and then apply it in our practice so I just created this program so that it just does it for you and then you can you can grok it you know and, and patients can grok it but not have to really know it you know before they use it so well I'm grateful for your work and dedication to the field because this is this is something that I've wanted to learn for a while and again like you know like you say like it doesn't vibe with me or it wasn't my jam or doesn't resonate and then when I learned about your stuff I was like oh my gosh, like, this is it, this is it, this is how to study genetics and apply it. You know, I said to some patients recently, there's a lot of really cool, interesting tests out there. You could spend a lot of money on a lot of these functional labs, and they're interesting, but is it clinically relevant? Meaning, like, can your doctor gather the information and do something about it with that data and teach you what to do and create a protocol, you know, or is it just interesting? And so this is, like, completely directly applicable because it's your genes it's your like life code <laughs> yeah true true that's very true i'm glad you get it and i'm glad you're using it with your patients that's so cool well i thank you for putting it all out there for us and if you are a practitioner listening to this i highly recommend getting in touch with jay um so she's got you want to talk about some of your trainings and stuff too and is that just for practitioners is there stuff you know for i mean i guess the data that we talked about is for the patient. Well, yeah. So um, the holistic methylation with a W, W holistic methylation. 
is uh, an on, has an online training program on it, level one and level two, and it's open to anybody who's interested. Okay. I, mean, I know a lot of lay people who are super smart about this. You know, they've really taught themselves uh, biochemistry and nutrition, and they want to learn more. Then more power to them. It's it's a really in depth into biochemistry and nutrition, and uh, they might enjoy it. Um, I'll, put also, I'll put the links to that in the show notes for everyone also. Okay, cool. So there's level one and level two online, and then level three is a certification program, and that's in person. And so we give that usually twice a year. If I'd stop moving, I could give another. <laughs> You're in Florida, so we can all drive down. <laughs> Anybody yeah. listening in Jacksonville can get to her. <laughs> Or we can come up to Orlando or something and have it. Have yeah. it. But um, then the My Happy Genes, if they just go online for My Happy Genes or talk to you about um, getting it done through your practice, then you can guide them all the way through that. Through that. Well, practice. we have a practitioner code, so we get a little bit off that we, we do extend that discount to the patients um, for ordering it as well. So that's one of the benefits and not just ordering it yourself. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. Okay, well, thank you. That was such a wealth of information. So there, now you guys know all about my genetics, family history, and predisposition. So we can all listen back to this 20 years from now and see if I kept on my program and, you know, evaded all of those risks or if I really let myself go. (laughs) You know, and and it's not as scary. Some people are just terrified to get their genes done because they don't want to know, you know, what what their risks are and they're afraid of that but you can see it's not it's not that bad it's not that scary there are some heads up it's like okay this is something you need to pay attention to but overall you're in good shape i mean you obviously you you uh won the genetic lottery because you're alive and you've made it and you look very healthy and you and i have the warrior gene gene. there's advantages to a lot of these genes that you have that have allowed you to survive and thrive no. So well, I'm grateful for it. I'll give my, my, my parents, I'll give them a thank you. <laughs> and their parents <laughs> before them and for them. Yeah, like they had any choice. <laughs> but I know, right. Okay, well, thank you so much. I'm sure everybody got a lot of info and now you know a little bit more about the, the value of this test. Um, if you have any you know questions for me, of course, reach out. I'll put my contact info in the show notes as well. Um, this we can do with patients in office, you know, if you're, you know, in Jacksonville or the surrounding area and already a part of Health by Design, we can definitely do it virtually, which is also super cool, you know, but we can do a lot with you. Um, and then we also have hybrid patients where, you know, maybe they'll come on site for the initial exam so we can put our hands on them in muscle test um, and then maybe just check up quarterly. So we've been working with patients in all different um realms and making ourselves more available because what we found is our people here are related to people elsewhere and like can you help them there do you have a practitioner in ohio or here or there wherever and we'll search for them but there isn't always like happy genes person or kinesiologist or nutritional responsibility person everywhere they go so now we've been able to help people that's great you do do telehealth then we do get requests for that all the time so Awesome. Well, this has been another awesome episode of Weird Works Podcast and Good Health Naturally. I'm Dr. Christy signing off. Have a great weekend, everybody.
Your health and how you feel on a daily basis directly impact your mental, emotional, and spiritual health. We will help you reprogram your way of thinking and be on a plan that works for your body instead of against it. It is time to rewrite the false belief that health abnormalities are normal and that it just is what it is. You do not have to live with feeling less than 100%. We invite you to take a serious look at how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis. Is what you're doing working? Do you want to learn how to live a more holistic life that's still enjoyable and fun? The 90-10 lifestyle can be the bridge from subpar results to the vibrant and abundant lifestyle that you've been looking for. So click the link by this video so you can get started today. We truly, truly know that this program can change your life. We'll see you on the inside.